Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello and welcome back to the book of Leviticus, one chapter at a time. Today is chapter six. My hope for you is that we will take one of the least read books in the entire Bible and see that there's so much good stuff here. So many great principles of God's word. Now, I want to give you a quick disclaimer, and that is we are barely even scratching the surface of the goodness that is in God's word. So I would encourage you, if this is interesting to you and you find that there's actually a lot of life here, you can go to a lot of different podcasts. One of them, I know it's got kind of an interesting name. It's called the Naked Bible Podcast because the idea is taking everything else away and just looking at the Bible by a gentleman by the name of Michael Heiser who's recently passed away. But he has got a great series through the book of Leviticus as you can jump deeper into this. This is just an idea to walk through it together and see what God's Word would have to say to us on how to keep a nation free. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to read chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 1 through 7, where God's Word talks about what to do when we purposely deceive one another. It's a big deal when we're not honest with one another. God's Word is going to give us a path back to restoration. Then He's going to spend the rest of the chapter talking about the offerings and, and sacrifices that He's already talked about, but this time from the point of view of the priest. So first, let's read what God's Word has to say when we deceive one another. And then we'll go from there. Here we go. Chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Suppose one of you sins against your associate and is unfaithful to the Lord. Suppose you cheat in a dealing involving a security deposit, or you steal or commit fraud, or you find lost property and lie about it, or you lie while swearing to tell the truth, or you commit any other such sin. If you have sinned in any of these ways, you are guilty. You must give back whatever you stole or the money you took by extortion or the security deposit or the lost property you found or anything obtained by swearing falsely. You must make restitution by paying the full price plus an additional 20% to the person you have harmed. On the same day, you must present a guilt offering. As a guilt offering to the Lord, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of equal value. Through this process, The priest will purify you before the Lord, making you right with him, and you will be forgiven of any of the sins you have committed. Now pause for a moment and notice, God's word says that when we lie, when we cheat other people, we're sinning against that person, but we're also sinning against the Lord. So he's saying anything that we do that's dishonest, it doesn't matter if it was for a greater good or whatever, if it is not honest, we're sinning against the person and we're sinning against God. So God says, you got to give back what you stole and you got to add 20% to it. That's very interesting because a lot of times people think, well, if I don't get caught, then it's okay. But the thing is, is you may not get caught by a person, but God always sees and God always knows. And I think it's important to realize that, that when we sin against other people, we're doing so much more than just in the moment, but we're also sinning against the Lord, which is why we want to be so careful to be honest is because we never want anything to come between us and the Lord. But if it does, God always provides a way back. Now, the rest of the chapter, we're going to look at burnt offerings, offerings, uh, grain offerings for the common person, grain offerings for the priests, 
and sin offerings from the point of view of the priesthood. This is going to be verse 8 through the rest of the chapter. Here we go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning, and the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. In the morning, after the priest on duty has put his official linen clothing and linen undergarments, he must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must take off these garments, change back into his regular clothes, and carry the ashes outside the camp to the place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Verse 14. These are the instructions regarding the grain offerings. Aaron's sons must present this offering to the Lord in front of the altar. The priest on duty will take from the grain offering a handful of the choice flour moistened with olive oil together with all the frankincense. He will burn this representative portion on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Aaron and his sons may eat the rest of the flour, but it must be baked without yeast, eaten in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. Remember, it must never be prepared with yeast. I have given it to the priests as their share of the special gifts presented to me. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. And of Aaron's male descendants, they may eat of the special gifts presented to the Lord. This is their permanent right from generation to generation. Anyone or anything that touches these offerings will become holy. Pause. So once again, remember the reason why he didn't want yeast is all throughout the Bible. Yeast was a symbol of sin. So God is saying, anything you offer to me must be done right and must be done without sin. All right, pick back up. Verse 19 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, On the day Aaron and his sons are anointed, they must present to the Lord the standard grain offering of two quarts of choice flour. Half of it will be offered in the morning, and half will be offered in the evening. It must be carefully mixed with olive oil and cooked on a griddle. Then the slice, then slice the grain offering and present it as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. In each generation, the high priest who succeeds Aaron must prepare this same offering. It belongs to the Lord and must be burned completely. This is a permanent law. Such all such grain offerings of a priest must be burned up entirely. None of it may be eaten. Pause. The reason why all of it must be burned up is to realize that it was a gift to the Lord. And the principle is that when you give something to the Lord, you give it all to the Lord. You don't give some of it, but it all belongs to him. All right, let's finish up. Verse 24. Then the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the sin offering. The animal given as an offering for sin is a most holy offering, and it must be slaughtered in the presence of in the Lord's presence at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. The priest who offers the sacrifice as a sin offering must eat his portion in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. Anyone or anything that touches the sacrificial meat will become holy. And if any one of the sacrificial, if any of the sacrificial blood splatters on a person's clothing, the soil garment must be washed in a sacred place. If a clay pot is used to boil the sacrificial meat, it must then be broken. If a bronze pot is used, it must be scoured and thoroughly rinsed with water. Any male from the priest's family may eat of this offering. It is most holy.
but the offering for sin may not be eaten if his blood was brought into the tabernacle as an offering of purification in the holy place. It must be completely burned with fire. Now, what we just got through reading is chapter 6, and the first part of it was talking about when you sin against someone else by purposely cheating them, you're not just sinning against them, you're also sinning against the Lord. But the good news is there is a way back. You present the offerings, you make things right, and you're welcome back into fellowship. The great overarching principle of that is, is that yes, we do sometimes sin against one another, and no, it's not okay. But the good news is, is that God always provides us a way back. The next part, in my opinion, the overall principle of this is that God requires so much out of those who serve the people of God. You know, I've, I've talked to people a lot of times who say, Pastor, you must have the easiest job in the world. You get to do this and you get to do that. And I just, I don't get mad at them. I understand that all you see that a lot of times pastors do is on Sunday morning. But you don't see all the other things that we do, plus the weight of ministry that we carry to realize that God wants things done decently and in order. So I get to stand before God one day and I get to give an account for how I led his people with decency and with order. And so there's a greater judgment on me. Now, that's not a salvation issue. We all get saved. We all go through the the gate of salvation the same way, and that's through the blood of Jesus. But the responsibility will fall. And so therefore, for all of us pastors, we must remember to take the ministry to the people of God very, very seriously. That then falls to all of us. If we serve anybody else, we should always take it as a sense of joy, but also with a sense of honor and a sense of seriousness that God has called us to minister to one another, and we should always do so out of a sense of reverence and out of a sense of this is important. So I'm curious for you, what stood out to you? What do you maybe understand more about God you didn't understand beforehand? How can you apply some of this to your life today? I look forward to hearing it in the comments down below and also in your small groups as you work this out together. I will see you next time for Leviticus chapter 7.